you would remain standing, take your copies of God's Word and turn with me tonight to John chapter 15. John 15, we'll begin at verse 1 and read tonight through verse 8. You know, the Word of God is infallible. It is inerrant. It is God speaking to us. So let us pay close attention. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch of me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. The grass withers and the flower fades away, but the word of our God endures forever. You may be seated. Last Sunday evening, we finished up with John chapter 14, and we heard our Lord tell us that he was going to the Father. And we saw last Sunday evening four things, how Christ manifests himself to those who keep his commandments. How Christ and the Father love those who honor Christ by keeping His commandments. How Christ would send His Helper, the Holy Spirit, to further illuminate their minds to His doctrine. How Christ would leave them peace as He goes back to the Father. And so He continues on again. He is in that upper room with His disciples. He is teaching the, the, the eleven that remain with Him. Judas is gone. And this is the same night in which he is betrayed. And and tonight we come to probably the most interesting words that our Lord spoke to his disciples on the night of his betrayal and arrest. He said this, I am the true vine. Now the word true is very important. Jesus does not say vine, but the true vine. And so what is Jesus doing? Well, he is contrasting himself with others and he is especially contrasting himself with the nation of Israel. In Hosea 10 verses 1 and 2, we hear these words, Israel is a luxuriant vine that yields its fruit. The more his fruit increased, the more altars he built. As his country improved, he improved his pillars. Their heart is false. Now they must bear their guilt. The Lord will break down their altars and destroy their pillars. 
Now, Israel was a vine of God. Israel for many years was a vine of God, but Israel failed in what? In their faithfulness to God. They committed idolatry as we hear from Hosea tonight. And so the Lord warns them that they would come and break down their altars and destroy their pillars. Israel was the type, as we consider the vine tonight, and Christ the anti-type. Israel was a vine of God, but Jesus is the true vine of God. Where Israel failed, Jesus kept the word of God. And Jesus truly fulfills all the expectations of the heavenly vine dresser, his father. And so the fruitless vine was an image of Israel's spiritual failure, a failure that continues on this evening. A failure that continues to this day because Israel as a nation still does not embrace Jesus as Messiah. But Jesus is the true vine. And if one wants to be counted among the people of God as we hear tonight, we must be connected to Jesus. We must abide in Jesus, the true vine of God. And so there are three things I want us to consider tonight. From our text. And the first is a warning, and it is a warning for those not bearing fruit. It was a warning to the 11 disciples that remain. In a way, Jesus is saying, Oh, by the way, don't be like Judas who is left. In verse 1 and 2, Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And then in verse 6, we heard, if anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. Now there has been much debate about who Christ speaks of concerning the fruitless branches. Some say that these fruitless branches are not taken away or, or cut off, but rather they are lifted up. So these branches who do not bear fruit can get more exposure to the sun and become fruit-bearing branches. Some go a step further and say that Christians who do not bear fruit are taken away from this life and death and cut off from the world by death. Arminians say that this speaks of Christians who lose their salvation. And we know especially with the last one, that cannot be, for this goes against what Jesus has already told us in John's Gospel and elsewhere concerning His sheep, how He was given them by the Father and He has given them eternal life and no one can snatch them out of His hand. And so what type of people do these non-fruit-bearing Branches represent. He's giving his disciples a warning, a very serious warning. Not only for the disciples, but also a warning for all who are part of the visible church. And this warning is for those who have been, uh, from those who have been called what we know as nominal Christians, those who are only a part of the church in an outward way. What happens to such branches? They're they're thrown. And burned in the fire. And they are not lifted up to the sun. They are cut off and divine and thrown away. 
It speaks to those in the church of Christ who are not bearing fruit. In our larger catechism, question 61, the question is asked, are all they saved to hear the gospel and live in the church? And the answer is this, all that hear the gospel and live in the visible church are not saved. But they only who are true members of the church invisible. And so there will be those in every church who are not bearing fruit for Christ. And at the last day, as verse 6 tells us, they are not abiding in Christ and they'll be thrown away like a branch that withers and they will be gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. And that will happen at the last day when Christ comes. And so those who are not bearing fruit, they're cut off. They're cast out of the presence of God. They are treated as a branch that does not produce fruit. Those who do not produce fruit are those who outwardly appear to be of the covenant people of God. They're like Judas. Again, when the disciples looked at Judas, they had no idea that he would be the one to betray the Lord. He, he looked like them in many ways. He spoke like them. He, he sat under the preaching and teaching of, of the Lord Jesus Christ. But yet, what do we find of him? He was an unfaithful branch of the disciples and he was cut off. And one day, his body and soul will be judged by Jesus, whom he betrayed. And he will be thrown into the fire. And so that's the first thing. We hear a warning tonight given to all of us. But, but second, I want us to see the means by which disciples bear fruit. Back at the latter part of verse 2. Every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself Unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I am in, in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, were we born bearing fruit? The answer is no. We were born in this world as Sinners, And we have only been engrafted into the vine that is Jesus as we come to Him in faith and repentance. And even then, again, we are still imperfect, but we are redeemed sinners. And so how is it that we bear fruit? The first way, as the second half of verse 2 tells us, is the pruning knife of God. Just like we prune trees and bushes, God prunes His people. Through discipline. He prunes his people through providence. Maybe a, a harsh providence. Or what we call a, a frowning providence. He prunes his people through his word. As we are told tonight that we are to bear fruit. God is showing us whether or not we are bearing fruit for Jesus tonight. That's pruning. And if we belong to Christ, that pruning would lead us to repent of our, our non-fruit bearing and begin bearing fruit for Jesus. And so one means by, way we, by which we bear fruit is by the pruning knife of God. 
But then notice as well, as we heard in, in verses 3 through 5, we can only bear fruit if we abide in Jesus. Jesus tells them that they are clean. How are they clean? Because of the gospel. They are clean because they heard the gospel of Christ, from Christ Himself, and they have put their faith and trust in Jesus. Therefore, they are clean in the sight of God. And only as we have embraced the gospel by embracing Christ can we bear fruit for the kingdom of God. Now, what does it mean to abide in Christ? First, it means that we are abiding in Christ alone for salvation. We are trusting only in Jesus for our salvation. We're not trusting in anything we do. We are trusting solely in what Christ has done for us in his life, death, and resurrection. We add nothing to the merits of Christ. The second, to abide in Christ, means that we are to believe what he has said to be absolutely true. We believe the word of God. We do not doubt it. If God tells us something, we believe it. We, we understand it by the Holy Spirit. Again, the Holy Spirit has been sent to us. Why? To, to guide us into truth. To remind us of the, of the teachings of our Savior. And whatever we hear in the word of God, not just in the Gospels, Concerning what Jesus said, but throughout the word, because all the word is the word of Christ. Whatever we hear, we believe, we trust, we hold to. Third, to abide in Christ means that we commune with Christ in worship and prayer. And we are here tonight to worship God again on the Lord's day and we we are communing with our our risen Lord. He is here by way of His Holy Spirit helping us and directing us. The same in prayer. We commune with Jesus as we go to Him in prayer. And then fourth, it means that we live a life of active, active dependence upon Jesus. And this leads to cheerful obedience and willing service. And so, are, we, are you abiding in Christ tonight? Are you abiding in His Word tonight? Are you keeping the commandments of Christ? We heard that quite often last week, several different times. Jesus tells us if we, if we love Him, what? We keep what? His commandments. As we abide in Christ, as we love Him and keep His commandments, we will bear fruit. And it is imperative that we bear fruit. It's not optional for the Christian. If we love Jesus, we keep His commandments. If we love Him, we bear fruit. If we love Him, we are abiding in Him, and He is abiding in us. Now here we know Jesus does not tell us or say what the fruit is we should bear. But we know, do we not? We know that fruit because elsewhere in the New Testament. Turn over to Galatians chapter 5. If you want to know the, the fruit that you are to be bearing tonight, we hear of that from the Apostle Paul in Galatians 5, beginning at verse 22. But the, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. 
Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And so that is the fruit that we are to be bearing. Love. We love God and love one another. Joy in the Lord. Patience with one another. Peace. Kindness. Goodness. Faithfulness. Gentleness. Self-control. Notice what Paul says. Against these things there is no law. And so are, are these things active? Are these fruits active in your life? Can you see them tonight in your life as a Christian? Then the third thing I want us to see tonight are the results. What are the results of bearing fruit? Jesus gives us the first result in verse 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish. And it will be done for you. As we abide in Jesus and His words abide in us, we pray to God and God hears us and He answers us. Now again, we need to understand that God may not answer our prayers exactly the way that we are praying for Him to answer our prayers. Sometimes He may tell us no, but that is an answer, right? But what Jesus wants us to know that, that God hears us as we abide in our Lord. He hears our prayers. He hears your prayers that you make every day as we take our requests to God. When we take those requests to God, we should expect God to answer those prayers for what we are requesting from Him. If you have a wayward family member that you're praying for, you should expect God to answer that in the way that you're praying. If not, why go to God and pray for it? You should have confidence that God will hear you and answer you. And we, we pray for what? Those things agreeable to God's will, to God's word. We pray through the mediation of Jesus and that what, that's what it means to abide in Him. We are praying through Christ our mediator. There is no other mediator for us than Jesus. And as we do that, we will have our prayers answered. The second result of our bearing fruit is simply that God is glorified. Again, the chief end of man is what? Glorify God and then enjoy Him forever. Now again, that's the chief end of every man who's born in this world because they are creatures of God. They have been created by God. But especially for believers and the disciples of our Lord, our chief end is to glorify God. How do we do this? By bearing fruit. By bearing the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. By abiding in Jesus as Jesus abides in us. By abiding in the Word of God. J.C. Ryle put it this way, fruitfulness in Christian practice will not only bring glory to God, but will supply the best evidence to our own hearts that we are real disciples of Christ. And so as we bear fruit, we should expect God to answer our prayers. As we bear fruit, we bring glory to our God. And again, this is why we have been placed on this earth, to glorify God and only as we do that, as we abide in Jesus and in His Word, will we then enjoy God forever. 
And so what application can we make tonight? Well, first of all, bearing fruit assures us of our calling and election. We're told in Scripture we are to do what? We are to make our calling and election sure. But how do we do that? Simply by bearing fruit for Jesus. Again, bearing the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. Are we living in a way that testifies that we love Jesus, that we are abiding in Jesus as He abides in us? Do we love to come and and worship God on the Lord's Day, putting no one or nothing in front of that worship? Coming because we love our God who has loved us. Are we praying and, and seeing God answer our prayers Are we sharing the gospel with those who need to hear it? If you lack assurance this evening, then look to the fruit that you're bearing for Jesus, for that gives to us assurance of salvation. If you're not bearing fruit for the Lord, then you will never have any assurance of your salvation. Second, bearing fruit brings glory to God and glory to Christ. And again, as a true disciple of Christ, that is our main desire, is it not? To glorify God, to glorify Christ. And the best way to do that is to abide in Christ and in the Word of Christ. Again, when we read the Bible, we're not just reading a a bunch of stories, especially in the Old Testament, about people long ago that has no application to us. No, we're reading the very story of God's people and how God controls the world and how He is working all things. For what? He's working all things out for His own glory and our good. When we come to the New Testament, we hear of Jesus and how we are to abide in Him. And as we do that, He is abiding in us. And so there's no assurance without obedience. And how do we know if we're obedient to God? By the fruit we are bearing. Third, if we bear no fruit, then we have no true faith in Jesus. And we will one day be cast out of God's presence at the last day. Now again, this is a warning to us here tonight, a warning that we need to take seriously. Asking God to search our hearts to see whether or not we are in Christ and, and that we have fruit bearing that and testifying that we are in Christ. We're not just to go through the, the motions of faith without any true lasting fruit to show for it. If there is no fruit, there is no faith. If there is no fruit, there is no abiding in Christ. And if there is no fruit and no abiding in Christ, what will happen you, you'll be thrown away. You'll be thrown away like a branch that withers and and you'll be gathered at the last day and you'll be thrown into the fire and burned. You'll be cast into hell. And then finally tonight, to abide in Christ, we are called to forsake our sin and turn to Christ in faith. Now again, how can we do this? Because we are born sinners. We We cannot turn to Christ in our own strength. It doesn't matter what we do. We cannot do it of our own power. And so that's why we need God to change the hearts. And He will change the hearts of all that He chose at the right time. He will change their hearts. 
and give them a new heart. Where they will see their sin and their need of Christ. And not only will He show them that, He will then draw them with, and call them with a, a call that is effectual. That, that no sinner that has been called by God and called by Jesus can ever withstand or turn away from. And He will draw that sinner to Jesus. And He will give them the very faith they need to cry out unto the Lord for salvation as they turn from their sin. When one does that, then they are now abiding in Christ. And Christ at that moment is then abiding in them. And so what will happen after that? They will go forth and they will bear fruit. They will bear much fruit for the Lord. They will give glory to the Lord Jesus Christ and God the Father. And they will know that they are a true disciple of Jesus. And so let me ask you, do you know that tonight? Can you see that you're a true disciple of the Lord's by the fruits that you are bearing? If not, then... Ask God to come and to save you. you, And maybe you are in Christ, but you're not bearing the fruit that you ought to be bearing. And so repent of of your sin and ask God to work in you, to help you uh, uh, bear much fruit for the sake of God and for the sake of His glory. And as you go forth glorifying God and bearing much fruit, then you know that you are a disciple of Jesus. And so may we all be able to say tonight that I belong to Christ, that He abides in me and I abide in Him. For if we do not abide in Jesus, we are thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. May God add his blessing this evening to the reading, hearing, and preaching of his word. Let's pray. Father, we thank you tonight for your word. Lord, I ask and pray that there not be one here this evening that is not bearing fruit. But yet Jesus reminds us that there will be those in the church that are not bearing fruit and they will be taken away. But Lord, help us to bear much fruit for our Savior. Lord, if there are any tonight, at this moment in time, they are not abiding in Christ nor Christ in them, I ask that Jesus would come and abide in them. That you would call them out of their sin and unbelief by your Spirit and draw them to Christ. And Lord, may we bear much fruit this week for your glory and for your kingdom. And in bearing that fruit, Lord, may we know that we are the disciples of Christ. And may we glorify you, our God. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.